Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Self-Isolation Edition. I'm Deacon Pedro and I'm here at home trying to make the best of it. There are so many things that technology allows us to do, but I do want to apologize for the different qualities and standards of audio that we have in today's show. We're doing interviews over the internet and also recording some things over the phone. But also, I'm at home and my setup is not the greatest, and I'm sorry about that. But I trust that the content of our show is as good as always. Today we're going to do something a little different, although it'll feel like it's the usual show format. Um, we'll start in Rome with Matteo giving us a recap of the unusual yet moving events that took place in the Vatican last week. If you did not get a chance to watch the papal Holy Week and Easter liturgies, I encourage you to go to our Facebook page. Just go to Facebook and look for Salt and Light Media and uh, go through our videos. It is quite striking to watch the Pope and uh, the very few ministers celebrating these major celebrations with only about 10 or 12 people in the congregation. Anyway, Matteo will tell us all about how that went. And then... Emily will be speaking with a married couple, Ben and Megan Turland. They are missionaries with Catholic Christian Outreach, and they will share some ideas about how to live the Easter season intentionally. And then I will be joined by Billy, who has a question about the creed. That's in about 20 minutes. In our second half hour, we will be listening to a conversation that I had with Father Peter Scudra last week. You may remember him. He's been on the program before. He's the director of Radio Maria Latvia. And we thought that we'd connect with him to see how they are doing with the crisis over there. And then, to end the show, we will be reconnecting with singer-songwriter Tori Harris. We last heard from Tori in 2015 after she had released her new single, Coming Home. She had first been on the program the year before in 2014. Well, a lot has happened since then. And now Tori has a new album, Speak. So we're going to be speaking with Tori about that in about 40 minutes. So you don't want to miss that conversation. If you do, remember that all our shows are found at saltandlighttv.org. And also, you can get it wherever you get your podcasts. And to share your thoughts with me, tell me how you're doing with this self-isolation or if you're in quarantine, how are you doing? Write to me, pedro at saltandlighttv.org. Or you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Deacon Pedro. So here we go. Let's start with a song. Here's Tori Harris with Never Letting Go from her new album, Speak.
That was Tori Harris with Never Letting Go from her new album, Speak. And we're going to be speaking with Tori Harris at the end of the program and in about 10 minutes, Church for Dummies with Billy Chan. But first, here's Matteo Cioffi from Rome. Matteo, welcome back to the program. Hi, Pedro. It's always a big pleasure to be here with you. It is. Um, so last week is a big, big week normally in, in Rome. I guess it was a big week, but it was very different. Tell us about it. It was different, for sure, and I would say that we can also say special, uh, for sure. It was not uh, uh, a nice contest to call, you know, this Triduum special because mm -hmm. of the coronavirus, but uh, it was something incredible, in particular on Friday, and I'm talking about the Via Crucis, but I think that there were actually two highlights. Uh, uh, of this triduum from my point of view. The okay. first one is about uh, Thursday and during the Holy Mass in Cena Domini when uh, Pope Francis said, I cannot let tonight Mass pass by without remembering priests. Priests mm -hmm. who offer their lives for the Lord. Priests who are servants. And he said that because uh, uh, we have to remind people that in Italy until now, 110 priests already died in the last six weeks. Okay. So that's something very important. And the Pope wanted to dedicate in some way, you know, that mass to the priests who are suffering, who died for this specific reason. Because for sure, the coronavirus was an essential topic during all the triduum, in the homily, in the meditation, and uh, he, he wanted to start with that. And I think this is something very important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. And, and then on Friday, you were there at the Way of the Cross? Yes, Friday night I was there. And uh, I can tell you something. Uh, for the first time uh, in the last period, I felt something very, very special. What I mean is I felt that I was witness of a piece of history. In front of me, there was something uh, incredible because the Via Crucis at St. Peter's Square, it's not something that takes place usually because uh, from no. the 1964, it's something that is always taking place at the Colosseum. So yeah. first of all, there was this thing totally different than the tradition. Second, this square, empty. Sure, with the candles, with the light, but empty. In that moment, you know and you realize that there is something going on and there is something that it's basically something historical. And uh, I think, you know, a good part of our job is also the possibility to be witness of something going on, something happening. And it was a privilege for sure. And it was very, very touching being there. Yes, I'm going to just mention that if people, for some reason, our listeners have not watched that, all those events can be found on our Facebook page. Just look for Salt and Light Media on Facebook, and all those events are there. You can watch the videos. Um, it's you. I, I, I'm a little jealous that you were there, Matteo. Um, 
Um, how are things in Rome in general, I guess, or in Italy? It, the lockdown has been extended there as well? Yes. Uh, last Friday, last Friday, uh, <laughs> you know, during the, the Tridum, uh, we received this news. The lockdown was extended until May 3rd and, uh, and Tuesday. So just four days later, also the, the OLC uh, said exactly the same, because basically the Vatican is following what the Italian government is deciding, you know, week by week about the coronavirus. So there is a big cooperation between Italy and the, and the OLC. So for the same reason, also the OLC uh, will be uh, under the lockdown uh, until May 3rd. But I don't want to say that we are optimistic, but I think that after May 3rd, maybe something more and something better uh, is coming. Thank you, Matteo. Stay safe. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll talk to you soon. Uh, Matteo Cioffi, he's our correspondent in Rome. You can follow him at Matteo Cioffi. Coming up is Billy Chan with a question about our profession of faith, so don't go anywhere. Hey everybody, it's Marie Miller, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. I'm Deacon Pedro. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, so it's really easy to find me, but you can still reach me the good old-fashioned way via email, pedro at saltandlighttv.org. Last week, my colleague Emily Callan had a conversation with a married couple, Ben and Megan Turland, about living liturgically. Ben and Megan are missionaries with a campus ministry called Catholic Christian Outreach. They talk about how they make a point to live the liturgical seasons intentionally as a family. Here is that conversation. Now, I want to talk to you about Easter. I know that um, the Easter season has a really special place in your life, and your family life. Um, now, despite the fact that we're still living in isolation, in quarantine, um, how, um, what are you going to be doing to mark this season? I think first, yeah, like living liturgically is, is something very fun for us. It is, it's a way to celebrate the year more than maybe a normal person, we could say, and be able to celebrate just more days and have more, more fun. And even though we're in quarantine, a lot of things that we did before quarantine, even in years prior, were around in our home anyways. So we don't get to go to the mass. We don't get to go to the church, which is very unfortunate. There's a lot of traditions that we'll still get to do and we still are able to do okay. which my wife is the master at these <laughs> what are what are some of those traditions that you'll get to do <laughs> megan I'll, I'll ask you to answer that question as the master <laughs> <laughs> yeah well like really some of them are really simple like easter morning we'll be having cinnamon buns and we'll We'll read the story of um, Easter morning in the Bible with the kids. Um, one of the things that we always do for Easter is have fresh flowers in the house. So we'll have fresh flowers the entire Easter season. Um, so we're already planning, like, that's going to be something we'll have to, like, alter a little bit. Um, you might not be able to get fresh flowers all the time in, in this season. So uh, this afternoon, actually, I'm going to be making paper flowers with the kids. So we'll put them away until Easter morning, and then we'll take them out. So we'll have those around the house just to decorate the house. So we all, like, remember that Easter is a different time. We're celebrating a new life and the new life of mm -hmm. 
next. And then one thing that we, we, we've already done, well, we do throughout Lent. And then on, when Easter seasons happens, the kids get this. But so during the Lenten season, when they do something good, they put a bean in a jar. But then on Easter uh, Sunday, after the resurrection, uh, it's turned into jelly beans. So throughout Easter, they get to eat out of that jar these colorful, <laughs> these colorful jelly beans. And it's kind of like this idea of your good works have been kind of transformed into something delicious or something like, <laughs> yeah, like fun. the sweetness of the resurrection. Yeah, it in those. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. Now, why, why has the Easter season become such a significant part of your life? Yeah, it's really only been recently. I had a spiritual director a couple of years ago who, during Lent, asked me how I was preparing for Easter. Uh, and I kind of looked at him confused. I was like, well, like my Lenten practices are preparing me for Easter. He said, no, like, what are you do going to do for Easter, for the full 50 days? Um, and I kind of like looked at him oddly again, and I was thinking, he asked me, like he, someone would ask you, what are you doing for Lent? What are you taking up for Lent? And he really challenged me to really enter into the Easter season. Um, we, you know, it's 50 days. It's 10 days longer than the Lenten season, which should show us something. And it's actually the whole summit of our faith comes down to that Jesus died and rose again. So um, we should be like as intentionally living that season. So he really challenged me to live that and to live in the hope of the, the resurrection that time and really mm-hmm. celebrate the, really the crux of our, of our faith. Mm-hmm. The, church, the church has a lot of wisdom in, in its liturgical days and the fact that it is, it is 50 days and yeah. we're so good as Catholics at, you know, repentance and, you know, like working hard and like the suffering. I think we're good at that. We're like, oh, Lent. Yeah, I'm good at Lent. <laughs> then it's like celebrate, right? Celebrate that Jesus rose. That's why we're Catholic. Right? It's why we're Christians. It's like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, like, we should do that. When, when Megan came home and asked me, I was like, oh, yeah, we should do that. <laughs> that's yeah. a hard idea. And it's true in, like, our own prayer lives is focusing on those readings, like the, the, the daily readings in Easter, and it's focusing on the resurrection and thinking about how can I be resurrected? How can I be a new version how can I live this this new life that Christ fought for me, right? Not always about like, I need to fix myself, but just celebrating and actually what he did. Now is not the, not necessarily the meaning of Easter, but has it taken on maybe a different kind of meaning um, for you in the midst of this crisis that we're experiencing? Yeah, totally. I think there's so much, um, we're surrounded by like darkness. You turn on the news and it's mm. a lot of, um, every time there's something new that's hard, like hard to swallow. And so I think like we all need to remember that like Christ has already won the war, you know, mm-hmm. already overcome death, uh, and to yeah fix our eyes on that. So for me, I know I need that. I need that hope and to just soak myself in truth that, that God has already overcome death for mm-hmm. me personally. Yeah. yeah, and when there's the, there's the focus on death and people dying and just all those like those those hardships, it's mm-hmm. to, it's a challenge to shine brighter, right? Mm-hmm. It's a challenge mm-hmm. to step out more. Um, the bishops are saying that, priests are saying that. It's like it's a challenge more to be a light in the darkness, mm-hmm. and we need to be that light. And it's that challenge as Christians, like how are we living 
this differently than other people, right? How can we live this with, with hope, right? With the view of eternal life and knowing that our time on earth is limited anyways. Um, you know, the Lord offers us so much more and, you know, how can we, how can we do mm-hmm. that? Megan, you uh, are the author of a devotional called Arise, which uh, you got published last year in 2019. And um, it's something that I know a lot of a lot of people um, appreciated. And, um, and really, so this is something that was on your heart and, um, and probably is, is, again, something that, um, that would be beneficial for a lot of people um, in this season um, with everything that's happening. Can you tell us a bit more about that, that devotional? Yeah. Yeah, so last year, um, as I said, I, I wrote this devotional along with 23 other women from across Canada. Um, so it's, it's really a way to live Easter intentionally. So each day is either a reflection or a scripture verse uh, to help you enter in more fully into the mystery of the resurrection. And the theme of it is um, Arise, and that comes from the story uh, of the the little girl that Jesus rose um, from the dead. He said to her, Talita kum, little girl, I say to you, arise. And so, uh, yeah, the the devotional itself is an invitation for for women to, to, to rise. Um, yeah, so this year I um, decided to kind of re-release it. It's through like an email campaign so people can sign up um, and receive a reflection every day uh, to inspire them and challenge them to arise, especially in this, this season that we're in right now. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And how can they find the devotional? Oh, yeah. For those who don't know. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, on my website. website, yeah, of course. Your website. <laughs> thegoodsoil.ca. So I write a blog called The Good Soil. Um, so if you go to the website, thegoodsoil.ca, you can find it there. Wonderful. Now, um, any any final words, maybe uh, encouragement to to parents who are, um, you know, as we're entering this, this uh, Easter season of, you know, maybe a little... Um, nugget of of what they can do as a family something they can focus on yeah i think like be simple like it it doesn't have to be complicated to live out easter intentionally it can be really small things that um yeah i i think sometimes we overcomplicate i've done that in the past that i need to do this elaborate thing to make it special interest 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 yeah (laughs) totally um, but it doesn't like just yesterday in preparation, I took a, like a toilet paper roll and made a candle with it with the kids <laughs> and, you know, drew on it to show that it was the past, like a Paschal candle, you know, to teach mm-hmm. that. Like you have things in your house that you can use to make it special. It sounds silly, but, um, it doesn't need to be complicated. And mm-hmm. you have an imagination. Yeah. They can, like, they can easily see that this paper roll is, is a flaming, is a flaming light. <laughs> and some, uh, during, during Palm Sunday, we, they painted palms on cardboard again and we marched around the living room and it was like this great family prayer time. And it's yeah. Like, was our our three year old and two year old was saying, Hosanna to the king. We're going to remember that. And it's like, that's, it's better to make it memorable. And yeah. everything's always about change and innovation. And it's never the same every week, every month. So you just got to yeah. try your best and 
Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Thank you. It's, um, I think that uh, your approach is, is really great. Like you seem to have a lot of joy and just, again, like the simplicity, as you said, and, and I can really tell just you seem to be having a lot of fun too with, with, uh, with all of this. So, um, so thank you um, for taking some time uh, and God bless you all um, and your family during uh, the Easter season. Thanks for having us. Thank you. That was a conversation that Emily Callan had with Ben and Megan Turland. To learn more about Catholic Christian Outreach, go to cco.ca and to read Megan's blog or to get the devotional Arise, go to her website, thegoodsoil.ca. This interview aired as a part of our new Made at Home series, Hope from Home. To watch the show, go to saltandlighttv.org slash hopefromhome. Coming up is Billy with a question about the creed in Church for Dummies, so stay tuned. Hi, this is Matt Marr. You're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. My name is Deacon Pedro. You may be listening to the Salt and Light Hour on the Catholic Channel Series XM, but you can also subscribe to the Salt and Light Hour wherever you get your podcasts, and you can take the show with you wherever you go. Now it's time for... Church for Dummies with Billy Chan, who is joining me from his living room. Yeah, no, this is my uh, office room, I mean. <laughs> you're, you're at home in your office? Yeah, I, I actually set it up like an office so I can feel it, you know, I can work. You know, if I put it in living room, there are a lot of distractions, like my TV, my yes, other thing, I know. you know. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. So you have a question for us today. Yes, I have a question. Always have a question. You know, now I have more time to think about questions. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, you've, so, you've been reading the catechism, right? Uh, yes, I have been reading it. It's fascinating, uh, to be yes. honest. You know, it's very true. Um, so there are actually two, two creeds that we, yes. are, we are using, right? One is Nicene uh, Creed, and uh, the other one is Apostles' Creed. Right, yes. Some parishes using one or the other, and they mm-hmm. never have standard. I have a question. If we are believing in the same thing, why, if they're the same, why we have two? And why different parishes using different creed? Okay, okay, so so first, your first question is why there are two. So the, the older creed is the Apostles' Creed. Um, oh. And in fact, there's there's a legend, which is probably not true, but there's there's a legend that says that the Apostles actually wrote it. That that uh, on on the feast of Pentecost at Pentecost, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the twelve apostles wrote the Apostles' Creed, which actually has twelve articles. There are twelve statements in, so that's why it's twelve twelve apostles. Oh. Um, and those are, since you're reading the Catechism, those are the the twelve articles of faith that are in the Catechism in the section that is profession of faith. So that is kind of the basis of what we believe summarized in the Apostles' Creed. Now, what happened is that in, uh, you know, like 300 years later, um, the church was going through a crisis with the with a heresy that, that people believed that Jesus was uh, not human, sorry, not divine, but, but only human. So that was called mm-hmm. the Arian heresy. And that's what led to the Council of Nicaea, oh. right? So, so during the Council of Nicaea, is where the Nicene Creed comes from. And what the Nicene Creed is, is that it takes the Apostles' Creed 
and then it kind of expands certain sections to clarify certain things. So the fact that Jesus Christ is consubstantial with the Father, um, that he is begotten, not made. You know, those things are, are just there to, to clarify because those were the issues that people were having, the confusion that was happening at the, at the time. And then um, I also uh, found out that the Nicene Creed ended with and with the Holy Spirit. But then it was about 60, 70 years later at the Council of Con Constantinople that they felt that they needed to expand the section about the Holy Spirit. Um, and so that reflects another, not a change in belief, but a, but so the church is, is, is reflecting, um, is clarifying confusion that existed. So that's why it's reflected in the creed. But essentially... Uh, the 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 basis the basic creed is the apostles creed and then the nicene creed has some sections that are kind of more expanded i see so the, the nicene creed is actually more detail Can it's I say more that? detail it's more detail yeah exactly so traditionally uh you normally do the apostles creed at mass at every mass except on solemnities or special feast, then you would do the Nicene Creed. In some churches, like in my parish, we might alternate, and it's like during Advent, we'll do the Nicene Creed, or during Lent, we'll do the Nicene Creed, and then to, to kind of change it up and make sure that people uh, uh, learn them. But it's really up to the bishop um, to, to decide which creed should be used. And if not, it's okay to alternate. But, the, but and there's what's not like the origin? One... Sorry, and what's the original language written? Uh, the creed oh that's a good question i would think that the nicene creed was probably written in greek okay because it was the uh, that was the language at the time um and the apostles creed i don't know because that legend <laughs> might not be true i mean if it's true it was probably written in aramaic but it, it's probably not true it probably was written in, in in greek or latin at the time if if it was in the you know first or second century I see. Thank you. I, that's, that's my question. Again, you know, if there's any more thing, I will ask you next time. <laughs> Thank you very much. Good. Thank you, Billy. Stay safe. Stay sane. You too. Um, and don't work too hard while you're socially uh, isolating here. <laughs> there you go. Billy Chan. Billy Chan is the webmaster behind saltandlighttv.org. You can follow him at Chan. Coming up in our second half hour, a COVID-19 update from Latvia, and we reconnect with singer-songwriter Tori Harris, so stay tuned. Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. One thing that is for sure is that this little virus is making us realize how connected we are. Whoever heard of Wuhan before a few months ago? And maybe you're not getting news from many places around the world, but we know that everyone everywhere is going through the same crisis. With that in mind, I would like to begin some from around the world updates. Last week, I spoke with Father Peter Skudra of Radio Maria in Latvia, who told us how they are doing in the midst of this crisis. Here is part of that conversation. 
Father Peter Skudra, Director of Radio Maria Latvia, thank you for joining us right now from your home in Riga, Latvia. How are things in your country? Yeah, well, it's uh, today it's quite windy and cold, but <laughs> if you mention COVID, then uh, we are quite locked in our rooms. Uh, but it's not like we cannot leave our uh, homes, so we can go out to walk, uh, to do some exercises or jog, but we cannot... Um, meet more than one person so we can be in either on pairs with friends or in just family members together so we have to distance have distance with other people right so it sounds very similar to here are, are there businesses that are completely shut down as well yeah of course uh, sports uh culture it's all down so there are many offices still working of course uh, shops are still open uh, grocery stores, but yeah, many people have lost their jobs already, like tourism. Uh, right. Yeah, I connected to travels, all this, it's it's locked down. So since our borders also are locked, so yeah, there are many people without job right now. Okay, so you've closed down the borders. Um, are there a lot of cases in Latvia? Uh, well, Today, I think we crossed 400 or yesterday, so we have more than 400 people ill. Only, I guess, three or four of them are like very dangerous state. Okay. But, uh, yeah, well, we, we had quite quite quick response from government. So they shut down country like on 14th of March. So it's more than two weeks already. Okay. And yeah, but we still see this this number going up because most uh, weeks people from abroad were using um, last opportunity to come back home, and they are the big big risk group. Right. Um, one of the things that they did here is that they closed the churches, and so there are no masses. Is that something that has happened there as well with the church? So we are not allowed to organize public services. Uh, churches are still open, so you can come in, like in the shop. You can go pray okay. or two meters away from other person and then go uh, on your way back home or wherever you go. So priests are still saying mass. Uh, most of the parishes are transmitting mass. So in one week, it's, it's so interesting. In one week, so many churches started to live stream. <laughs> it's like, you know, mushroom yeah. rain. And... Um, yeah, but, but we cannot organize uh, like public services. So it's priests, few altar servers or or choir or whatever needed for recording, and that's it. The same thing has been happening here with a lot of uh, parishes that are streaming. Now, you are the director of a Catholic radio station, Radio Maria, in, in Latvia. How has the crisis affected you in your work? Well, the first week was really tough because so it was set today evening i think like 6 7 p.m and government decided okay let's shut down country um no meetings more than 50 people in the same place so it affected in the very next day people were like okay we are not supposed to go to church today so we saw that we had like four times more listeners on internet connecting to internet to our broadcasted masses we immediately we uh, put more uh, broadcasts of mass on, on, on Sunday. Usually we had two, now we have three. 
and we also broadcast Lutheran and Baptist services in order to help those people to participate in their uh, okay. their Okay. Are you finding that you have to add other types of content, not just liturgies? Of course, you're not just airing the mass, but uh, to to help people, uh, I guess, go weather the storm, if I can say it that way. Yeah. Well, uh, so we still see that the most important thing people are looking for is mass. So they, we see how rapidly it goes up and down just right before or after the mass. Uh, those people who connect. Of course, during the day, we, we, we ensure that there is one person on air uh, doing either live programs or mm -hmm. announcing some pre-recorded programs. But yeah, it's important for people to have this live connection. I'm also doing every working day uh, morning catechesis. And yeah, people call in, they write their messages and they ask questions. And of course, when the Pope came in the Friday service, it was like, I don't know, seven times more listeners. Our, our yes. internet broke down. And yes, so did ours. <laughs> so, but it was amazing. So still people seek for the prayer. They seek for the opportunity to, to, to just to talk or to be listened or, or just to listen to someone telling that, you know, okay, how do they so, Right. What they do. Is your is your church leadership like the bishops? Are they taking advantage of the the the, the media also to to speak to the people or to reach out to people through your station or through other means? Yeah, well, as I said, uh, many many uh, uh, churches started live streams. So also cathedrals started. Mm -hmm. Our bishop is doing, I think, every Sunday 8 a.m. mass on air live. And of course, uh, for example, when there was a Pope's uh, prayer on Friday night, Archbishop himself came to help us uh, to, to translate the speech and to talk to listeners and to tell what's going on. And he was sharing his experience when he was studying in Rome. Yeah, so they also, when there is any, uh, um, when there is any uh, new statement from government, Bishops always react to it and they say, okay, since this situation is in country, we as a believers do this or we observe this or as I think they are, they are doing well. Um, I, I know that as director of a of Catholic radio station, you probably also are, are the voice of the church right now. We're in Holy Week, going into Holy Week. A lot of people maybe will not be able to participate in these public masses, no palms, no washing of the feet, uh, maybe no stations of the cross. What kind of message would you as a priest, as a director of Radio Maria, would want to offer our viewers and, and anyone around the world about how to make this Holy Week a special Holy Week or a, yeah, special? You know, recently I saw this meme that this is the Lent I was not preparing for. This <laughs> Lent I have had in my life. And uh, I think we can use this time, uh, this crisis as opportunity to really be in a Lent. Because Lent is when we, you know, sacrifice something. So we, today we can sacrifice so many things and we can do it with the joy. Because we, you know, we, we have no other option. So either we accept it or we go on with it and we use whatever it can give us. And it can give us more time with the Lord to sit at home, to pray, to read the Bible, 
to read catechism uh, to meet our family to call our friends and to off yeah maybe it sounds you know stupid but offer it up yeah. like yeah, it's what people say but it, it's really it's, it's 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 meaningful actually offer it up so what's your prayer what would you pray to god what would you ask to god or what would you be thankful to god so offer it as a thanksgiving sacrifice or if offer it's it as a as a sacrifice asking from god something and um use it see it as an opportunity it's not a punishment from god it's not uh i don't know you know last days of our you know times or whatever it's your opportunity to fix your relationship with god and to grow in your spiritual life yeah so also those who those who suffer that they cannot receive sacraments like like uh like confession or or eucharist I, I recently read an article which uh, was quoting um, Pope Benedict XVI when he was a cardinal. He wrote about this um, uh, abstinence of uh, like from Eucharist. Time to time, he says that it was okay because it's kind of a way to to open in ourselves this this longing for Jesus in the Eucharist. Mm. That it, the cookie we receive, you know, every month, but it's really something meaningful to us. And we also can um, somehow identify with those people who cannot receive sacraments, like divorced people or, I don't know, female yeah. yeah. people in other places, like in the Amazon or in some places where there are no priests, yeah. they just yeah. can't receive. Yeah. It's not, yeah. Yeah, that's really good advice. I I know a lot of people struggle with, with that concept of, you know, uh, uh, not receiving the Eucharist, but I, I think it's very meaningful. Thank you. In, in a way, speaking to you makes me feel that this crisis is also reminding us how small the world is, because oh, yeah, the, so you're so connected. far away, and we're also connected, but we're also all going through the same thing. Um, and and so, I think this, this this virus shows how actually connected we are. Yeah. Like, oh, something happens in China. Who knows where China is? But it's actually so close. The world is so connected. And I think it's also about but we are invited to think about our choices. They, yeah. actually, they are not our own choices. Actually, they have affect on so many people. Exactly, exactly. Okay, lots to think about there. Thank you, uh, Father Peter. It's been really good connecting with you. I know it's uh, late at night for you in, in Riga, but uh, thank you for the little update. And maybe uh, depending on how long this crisis lasts, maybe we can have you back on and you can give us more updates. Uh, Father thank Peter you. Skudra, Director of Radio uh, Maria in Latvia. Um, have a blessed Holy Week. Thank you. That was a conversation I had with Father Peter Skudra, director of Radio Maria Latvia, during Holy Week last week. This interview aired as part of our new Made at Home series, Hope from Home. To watch the show, go to saltandlighttv.org slash hopefromhome. Here now is our featured artist of the week, Tori Harris, with the title track of her new album, Speak. Speak, speak again. And I will turn my ear and listen In the quiet I remember Your promises fulfilled So I will wait And I'll be still To you I come In you I rest Let the sound of heaven echo through my 
That was Tori Harris with Speak from her new album of the same name. We first met Tori Harris in 2014. She was 25 years old and was quickly becoming a voice in Catholic music. She returned the following year to the program when she released her popular single, Coming Home, inspired by the Year of Mercy. A lot of things have happened since. She's got married, she started a family, and now she has a new album, Speak. And to tell us more... I spoke with Tori Harris earlier this week. And just to let you know, we did connect with Tori over the internet and it was not the best connection. But here is the conversation I had with Tori Harris from earlier this week. Tori Harris, it's so good to have you on the program with us today. Hey. Um, we we spoke, uh, I don't know, maybe four or five years ago last time and a lot has happened since then. You're now married, you have a family, you have two young children. So I, I think I wanted to ask you a little bit about, about that, that's new in your life, marriage, family, but especially with what's happening in the world right now, 
Um, how are you guys uh, with your family coping with this, with your kids? Um, weirdly enough, it's actually been a bit of a, a blessing for our entire family. I, I think being at home with my kids has, and my husband, all day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, um, it's really encouraged me in my vocation that this is why God has desired for me that I made, I made the right choice in who I married and that we've been blessed with the children that we have. And it's really helped, uh, you know, like trimming away, like all of the, the events, like, so, so all my events were canceled, all the retreats I was doing were canceled classes, right. you know, right. everything's done for, you know, at least the next three or four weeks and the past four. Uh, and when we trimmed away all of those things, it really helped my family focus on like what is most important and, and it's our relationship with each other and our relationship with God, the father and our faith. And so I think that with all of the terrible things that are happening in the world because of coronavirus, it's, there's been a lot of peace and a lot of blessing in my own family in it. If I feel guilty about saying that, I feel like I'm not supposed to say that, but right. it's, it's been kind of nice. No, but I think just, it's good. It, it, it's good. I mean, you're, you're focusing on the thing that matters um, uh, with, I mean, you have two young children anyway, it's probably good for you to be at home with them and, and not touring. I don't know how much touring you were doing before. Um, well, and I've been, I've been to, uh, to let me be like a stay at home mom. Like it's been this thing I've been begging for since before we got married. And, and he's so sweet. He's like, no, Tori, like you love writing and teaching and music. Like you should really pursue those things. Um, but now I'm kind of getting to live a little bit of that stay at home mom dream. And it's awesome. Like I love being around my kids. They're cool. <laughs> They're so fun. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Um, now you're in Nashville, right? Or in, in, near I Nashville? was, I was, I'm in oh. Dallas, Texas now. Okay. So you're in Dallas right now. What, what, what's it like there now? You mentioned to me, to me earlier before we started recording that you had a chance to go to Home Depot. So I guess Home Depot is open. Yeah. Home Depot is two blocks from my house. Uh, it's amazing. They've got uh, a great, they've got a great staff there. They're following protocols. People feel really safe. Uh, but yeah, I work for a parish in Dallas, Texas called Mary Immaculate Church. Um, I lead worship there and I run our Arise Ministry program. So I teach a lot about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. A lot of the traveling that I do now is, is related to that. Uh, but, you know, Dallas, in terms of the virus, uh, I think we're supposed to be the next hotspot. Yet really? it really cases. Yeah, but cases really haven't. Um, they haven't picked up in my location. So we're not our, our nuclear community hasn't been super affected here locally by, by the virus yet. Right. Now you, you also told me that you started uh, a victory garden that is inspired by the virus. Tell us, people might not know what a victory garden is. So to tell us about that. Well, a victory garden comes from uh, during world war II in the United States, uh, food became scarce. And so the U S started issuing rations. So literally like uh, coupons that you could take to the supermarket to buy butter and tomatoes and so what americans did was to help their country they started their own little backyard gardens for those who owned property or for those who lived in uh, apartment complexes they would have a uh, little community city gardens where they'd grown their own fruits and vegetables and it was a show of support to the local communities because it allowed you know uh it allowed those items in the supermarket to, to go to others who were more in need and so when when COVID came about and we knew we were on quarantine, I, I took that as my opportunity to go and 
carve a little three foot by six foot path in the <laughs> in the backyard and lay down some topsoil and start planting uh, some fruits and vegetables, which I didn't think would actually be ready for harvest uh, mm-hmm. by the time the quarantine ended. Originally, we thought it would just be about two weeks, but now um, it's really nice. We actually have gone from planting our little mustard seeds and our little bean sprouts to by the time <laughs> quarantine ends, we'll actually have like a full vegetable harvest. So it's really fun, especially with my two-year-old, to, to watch the plants grow and, and see the yeah. fruit grow. Yeah. There you go. That's a that's a good uh, good suggestion for parents with young children. I, I thought of that. I thought of your your two year old would be yeah. loving, especially when those. I hope you planted cherry tomatoes because he's gonna love those. <laughs> when I don't they, know what uh, kind of tomatoes we plant. <laughs> I know that he's really excited about the blueberries. You know, because he loves blueberries and they're about. I mean, they're already sprouting and they're they're not quite blue enough to eat. But every day he like. I know, but every day he just kind of looks at. It, he's like, can I eat it now? Can, can I yeah. eat it now? And I'm like, no, you gotta wait. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I wanted to talk to you about your new album too, because it's called uh, Speak. Um, mm-hmm. Tell us why you, I know that the title track is, is also Speak, but tell us why you chose uh, that title. Thanks. Uh, Speak, I, I really chose the title for two parallel reasons. The first one was, you know, it's been four or five years since we last talked. And it's because I, when I, I think in about 2015, I started doing this research project for the book Holy Spirit 101 which I wrote and I came to Dallas and I really took a hiatus from music and part of me naming it speak was this is my first time coming out from that from that place and speaking again uh and the second reason a parallel reason for for naming it speak is in the last few years I've really intensely studied the person of the Holy Spirit specifically how we can listen to God in prayer, that soft, still voice in our hearts, discern uh, the difference between our conscious and like our own self, our natural self, and, and what is the voice of God in our life. And, uh, and, and, I, and I've been teaching that. So with Holy Spirit 101, I'm, I'm teaching people, okay, this is what the church teaches us about who the Holy Spirit is and how we cooperate in listening to his voice in prayer and respond to that as Christians. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so speak is also uh, an invitation. It's like, it's, it's me speaking out, but it's also an invitation to, to be in that posture of, of listening to the Lord and prepared and expecting him to also be speaking into my life. Yeah, I, I like that. And I'm wondering if there's a connection there with what the whole world is living right now and, and how, you know, you said this is an opportunity for us to focus on, on the important things, spend time with family, but maybe it's also an opportunity to let God speak into our lives. Do you see that? Uh, Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I, so many of the saints talk about how silence is necessary to hear the voice of God and distraction, I believe is one of Satan's most powerful, compelling tools he's using in our generation to deprive people from, from holiness. So with, with the virus right now, I mean, the virus is terrible and I'm not going to say that it's good that people are sick. It's good that people are dying. No, those are horrible things. But, but what the the blessing within quarantine is that it's, eliminating the distractions in our lives and so that we actually have silence. Um, we live in such a busy world, but now the streets are quiet. The highways are quiet. Like silence is in our environment. And that, that presents the opportunity for, or more opportunity for people to start hearing from the Lord who's trying to them, but was, was unable to be heard because we weren't receptive because of all of the distractions around yeah. us. But now that those have been taken away, we can listen. 
Yeah, I know. Um, Tori, our, our internet connection is not great, so um, I think oh, this is no, no, but that's okay. I think it's a it's a good uh, it, it's a good place to end. So I wanted to thank you for for joining us today and for sharing a little bit about your music and especially about the Victory Garden. Maybe that's a good uh, suggestion for people to to do while they're at home. Um, a lot of people can't work and they need need suggestions to do with their children. So thank you so much and stay stay safe and stay blessed. Thank you. Thank you so much. That was a conversation I had with Tori Harris earlier this week. You can learn all about Tori Harris and her music and purchase her new album, Speak, at her website, toriharris.com. Here now to take us out is Tori Harris with When I Found You from her new album, Speak. Tori Harris with When I Found You from her new album, Speak. And that will take us to the end of the program. Remember that if you tuned in late, you can stream or podcast all our Salt and Light Hour programs for free at saltandlighttv.org. Just click on the podcasts link at the top of the page. That's also where you can learn all about our featured artists and guests. And remember that you can subscribe to the Salt and Light Hour podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. If you want to reach me, I'm at Deacon Pedro. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and also Instagram. Thank you for being with us this week. I hope you're all safe and taking care of yourselves and that you continue having a most blessed Easter season. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been the Salt and Light Hour. <laughs>